Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nobody panic. Uh, with me, Stevie, and my good pal. What's your name? <laughs> my name is Tessa Coates. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Um, and today we, we're not alone because we are doing an episode about how to reclaim your time off. And as two people, look, I don't want to just speak for myself. No, I do want to just speak for myself. I don't want to speak for both of us, but I'm terrible at doing it. And I felt like we need to have an expert coming in. Mm-hmm. So we've got expert of reclaiming time off and author of the book reclaim your time off the three-step solution to overworking fab giovanetti welcome to nobody panic fab thank you so much for having me very excited to be here we thought we'd start by just sort of i wanted to ask you tessa do you feel like you're you use your time off in a in a in a good way i'll just i i don't that's me done do you no and i think that is not at all unique to the modern the modern working person or mm. non work like i just think it's such a modern thing that we the any moment any time i have any time off i'm just thinking of what i should be doing with it um and i think increase especially if you're freelance and therefore and you might think that being freelance means just like you're all you you can holiday anytime you want, and you can holiday anytime you want, but you're always thinking I should be at work. <laughs> um, so yes. you never really enjoy your time off because you're just thinking what you should be doing with it, and then you're just constantly thinking about all the stuff you have to get done. And so I've never really truly ever been like, ah, oh, now it, the only times I ever have it are on a plane or on a train, which is why I like to travel so much because you're like I literally cannot be doing anything else. I think that's why people like to watch love to like watch movies on a plane because you're like I literally could not be doing anything else I just have to sit back yes, and be I'm above the clouds and no one can get to me no one can get to me uh this is my totally guilt-free time but apart from that nothing and so Fab is, is this something that you found like what sort of brought you to writing this book Probably the fact that I am the first person to have had this issue for a very long time, as in since okay. I started, since I started working, which was I was very young, like the, the stereotype of the Italian that you imagine, like you know the parents kind of leaving you to work in the countryside. That was kind of the vibe, but I enjoyed it, and you know I could pay for for stuff when I was like a teenager. I wanted to pay for my laptop, for my camera, so I worked from a very young age, and I enjoyed that, and also did a lot of creative work as soon as I could which means I found that I would love to do things I was passionate about. The problem is I have an idea per second, which means that I kind of want to pursue every <laughs> idea that I have. Mm-hmm. And that ended up me, me realizing um, I run my own business, actually two businesses. So 
it came about five years ago, I realized that I would work about 60 hours a week, pretty much, because I was running so many things. And then I stopped and I was like, I left the conveyor belt, the corporate ladder, call it as you wish, because I didn't want to, I wanted to live the life that I wanted to lead. And now I'm finding myself just constantly chasing the next thing to do. And I realized that that's, that's what I do as a Taipei person. That, that was my pattern. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And the more I taught other people how to do that, you know, you teach where you need to learn the most. And mm. the more I realized that there were patterns and the patterns became what the book is about is actually the solution is all about the things that we struggle with. But also there's a lot of mindset, like you were both talking about kind of being on an airplane. There's a reason why airplane mode can become a blessing sometimes. It's like, bam, no notification, no distractions, nothing. Mm. And you kind of, it was almost getting back to be comfortable with, doing nothing again I don't know I want to ask you actually how do you feel if I tell you how do you feel when you literally let's say your phone your battery goes off you mm. are maybe like walking in the park or you're walking the dog or the pet tortoise which might be weird to walk a turtle but there we go um you know think about how we feel when that happens like it happened to me a couple of months ago and I felt a bit disoriented and confused and I was like I shouldn't feel this way just because I got nothing to do or nothing to distract me Mm. But you yes. know what I mean? We'll never have like a night off where it's like, I look at my diary and I'm like, oh, Monday is pretty empty. I essentially just have a panic attack. <laughs> like, I like try and organize something, like get a friend round. And then if I do anything that isn't like, you know, you could be learning a language for God's sake. You know, you don't know how to play piano yet. Like all of the, and I think that comes from, actually, I don't know where it comes from, but like for me, it comes from constantly when I was younger, being in, in living in London, not being able to pay my rent and constantly like being like at every point I could be making some money to help me to live. And then when you kind of go like, oh, actually I can kind of financially, maybe you might be a little bit better. Doesn't matter. You're still like, but what if it goes? So you'll never be. And so that's like, that's coming from within. That's got nothing to do with my surroundings that I need to be better at just going like, hey, I'll read a book rather than constantly being just like not being able to read the books. I'm like, yeah, but this is a waste of time. Write a book, write a book <laughs> rather than reading it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the phone turning off thing, like I, my phone uh, is so broken and uh, it currently, it's like basically attached to like sort of an iron lung at the moment. It's like attached to like a battery pack that has to go with it like at all times. Like I can't, it always has to be on its life support machine. And whenever the battery does turn off, it's an immediate panic of like, what if people need me, even though <laughs> so far no one has ever needed me? Like, I'm not I'm not an on-call doctor. Like, no one has ever called with an emergency. There is no, like, track record of, like, somebody needed me and I wasn't available. Like, people don't need me. And yet I'm like, in a, it's immediate as soon as the phone turns off of being like, oh, you know? And even <laughs> though, like, where, where, does, like, where does that come from? Like, you know, there's not like in, I, it's not like I have a history of that and that happened to me. And so now I make sure I always have the phone available. It's like, it's never happened. You must find this fabulous that the world is set up sometimes to make us feel like that, regardless of what job you do, whether it's a work WhatsApp group that you'll get WhatsApps at like 9pm. And if you don't respond to that, well, someone else will take up that brief and you've now missed out. Or interestingly, you mentioned that you're a type A person. I know nothing about this. So what are the different types of person? The good thing about the spectrum of how we are, obviously, I call myself a type A. It's kind of funny when you kind of label yourself, you're not exactly sure 
what that means. And it's it's one of those things, but what I realized is because obviously the A, I think, comes from achievers. Again, don't quote me on it, but I guess that's that's part of it. So obviously type A, you associate with people that are high achievers. And it really does depend on like your energy levels, but also some of your priorities and values in a way that for a lot of people that are quite ambitious, obviously there's ambition and success, whatever that might be, is one of the priorities. But then you have other people that have other type of priorities, like family, friends, adventure, and it kind of shapes obviously how you want to live your life. And I think that's Mm. one of the things that we don't realize. And what I I love what you mentioned there, because it goes back to some patterns that have always been there and the lack of boundaries, which now has become a conversation that a lot of us have. But my question that I had when I wrote the book a while back, right before the big um, the big P, is <laughs> over the past, let's say, year or year and a half, boundaries were something that was broken because we realized that we, we needed them because there were no external boundaries that could stop us from saying, I can't talk right now because I'm on the tube or, I, or I'm in a meeting, so I, I'm not available. Because physical boundaries of commuting, work, uh, activities, social activities were gone, we were available 24-7 and it takes roughly between 21 to 63 days to set a habit. Think about having a whole year of that. So we completely mm. change the way that we have expectations of the people around us, whether it's social life, whether it's work, it doesn't really matter. The expectations have changed as, as happened in a very subtle way. Nobody told us, by the way, this is what we want you to do. It just naturally occurred that you will be on Slack. If you're not on Slack, you're on email. If you're not even on mm. WhatsApp. And then we realized, oh, shit, we need boundaries. So, you know, when you think about that, you realize that the boundaries, the boundary conversation came up because for all year, we had none. There was no mm. excuses. We had to create new boundaries and actually have different conversations with friends, family, and colleagues and bosses because now we're available 24 7 and even now that things are coming back the other way and obviously the a new normal is approaching and we're going back to work offices social life we still have to be aware that these new norms these new habits are now in place so we need to think about okay how can i actually now prioritize myself a bit more because about a whole year where that hasn't happened you know people living in like a one room bed apartment with all of their family and no way to actually have a bit of a break all of these things you know then become routines so it's it's a big conversation and it's something that I think was always there lurking for a lot of us, but yeah. because collectively everybody had to face it. And I was like, oh wait, yes, some things need to change. And it's really good to see that. How much of it is about saying no to things? I would say even before the saying no is about communication, mm-hmm. even before that. Because a lot of the time when I ask people, like whether it's clients or even people that read the book, it's like, you know, how can I set better boundaries? And I ask, okay, which areas of your life do you need some boundaries of? And it's like, yeah. maybe it's personal life. And I ask, okay, have you talked to your friends or have you talked to your spouse or whoever about where you're struggling or about what, you know, your, how you live your life or your, your own kind of expectations? I, why would I do that? So when you don't vocalize, then you don't really know where. Mm. It's almost imagine mm. as a two-way conversation. If you don't understand, I'll give you this example that might help. Um, I was working with a client and she said to me at some point, we were talking like in a meeting and she said to me, I'm so impressed that you don't respond to emails on a Saturday. And I was a bit taken aback. I was like, it's a weekend. I don't check my emails on a weekend. It's just the way I am. And she was generally like, this is, this is a great boundary. And I'm like, to me, it's natural. It's just the way that I've always been doing things. So once you have that communication, then you understand that then it's easier either to say no, or it's easier to find compromises 
but we need to appreciate that other people might break your boundaries or not respect them because for them, they are not a boundary in the first place. Mm, I don't know if this is making sense. And then you can start saying yes and no. But a lot of the time when you do that, then also you feel less uncomfortable about saying no because you understand where you're standing as well. That's a good, yeah, that's a really mm. good way of putting it. You've sort of drawn your own lines. So then, okay, occasionally you might go, well, on this, uh, you know, this instance, maybe I will, but you've got your base level, which is that you don't check an email on a Saturday or whatever. How, what can people do to start reclaiming their, their time? So let's plunge in, plunge into step plunge one. Plunge in. Excellent. So the step one, so the, actually there's a step zero. Sorry, we're going okay, to take sure. it back, back up. Back up, we plunged in too take hard. Everyone out of the water. Yeah, ready, step zero. Dipping in, dipping in. Step yeah. zero is actually the, the one that everybody's terrified about, which is, let's say about work. Obviously, we're talking about work first, especially in the book. But write down everything you do on a given week for work. And I wanted to write it all down and start seeing really multi-hyphen people like ourselves might actually be cringing at this because it becomes more of a minefield. But mm. first of all, bring the awareness to what are you actually doing during your week? Because mm-hmm. all of us have said at least once, oh God, you know, I, I've, I've got nothing done today. And then when I talk to people, I'm like, no, actually, you replied to 17 emails. You, you did this little thing. You responded to that person. So really starting to understand where is your time going. If you want to reclaim your time, you need to know where your time is going. Mm, That's step zero. God, yeah. (laughs) Tessa is literally like showing me anxiety. That'd be a big big job for Tessa. I just, my shoulder, look at me, my shoulders are up, way up by my ears. I just like, that's so, because people say like, what do you do in the day? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. And often when, when, when I do say like a specific thing to Tessa, like, Oh, what have you been doing this afternoon? Like, oh, a bits and bobs and the thing. And I'm like, oh, I did. Well, 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 well I, 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 saw, I had a carrot. You're like, well, I'm, okay. Like, so I suppose if you're unable to, I mean, I'm the same. Like, I will, I'm very much a person at the end of the day, I'd be like, well, I didn't do anything today because mm. in my head, I haven't achieved the one thing maybe I wanted to achieve, but mm. I did do other things. But I'm very down on myself all the time. And I'm always like, well, like, genuinely, I'm like, well, so if, if I've got like a big job on, I'd be like, yes, but I could have got up earlier and worked on my novel like realistically you've got to sleep and also you don't have to do like that's fine that you didn't do that you know you've mm. got to be like but then I suppose if I was truly reclaiming my time off maybe I would get up early and write my novel anyway look like, I'm jumping we ahead. don't know Steve because we're only on step we zero <laughs> I'm sorry I, I'm, I'm in, in the bottom of the deep end trying to fetch a brick get back on I'm the shore already. for god's sake okay sorry, okay ready no, step zero <laughs> write it down what are we actually doing with the day? What is, we can't reclaim the time until we know what our time is spent doing. Exactly. And then you do that, you know, you have maybe candles, music, bubbly, whatever you want when you're doing this gorgeous exercise. Just get it done. Make it enjoyable as much as you can. Just to give you an idea of why it's so helpful, you can do a simple exercise first, which is the brother done list. So I have a to-do list of like things that I need to get done, but also have a physical done list. And every day I write down everything I do. Once it's done, I write it down. The days that I do that, I feel more in control of how much I've done during the days. The days that I don't because I forget. And I still struggle because mentally, this is how our brain works. So we really struggle to actually recall everything that we have done. We, mm. we tend to always look forward, right? So I started doing the done list because that's my biggest problem is literally being able to quantify and kind of feel kind of controlled. And so that's an example of why actually writing everything down is going to help you because then you actually retain the information. So that's that's the brother little and thing. And do you do that at the end of the day, like as you're going to sleep, or do you, as it's happening, do you write them down every single as it's done? 
You did it and then you just write it down. Tess, I'm a goldfish. I don't remember the thing if okay, I, if I wait too long. So okay. it happens. And it's and not it's enough just like... to tick it off. We've got to physically write it out again. Yeah. Uh, I personally prefer that. There's loads of studies about the retention as well of actually writing things down. We don't do that enough anymore. Um, well, there'll the be stuff I... on your to-do list that you write down. There'll be stuff that you do in the day that is on top of your to-do list, like that you know that comes up within the day that you couldn't have planned for so I suppose your done list that's why you then maybe write it down so you're like oh that person emailed me and I had to email them back but that wasn't on my to-do list because that yeah. just fell off the so maybe that's life well. came at me while I was planning to do something else mm-hmm. and you just mm. see it and I think that's the other thing you can actually start seeing it and then you can and also it helps you then understanding how many things you can done realistically in a day let's say let's go back to the novel writing maybe as a thing if that's the one thing that you want to do but you have 20 things in your to-do list as you start writing what you've done during the day you might see that you don't even get to do five of the things that were supposed to be there and you can start being a bit more kind to yourself yeah um, of how many things you put on the day and start ranking them as well so that really really helps so that helps you sorting out what you have that might help as well with your thing tessa where you'll be like you know like yeah, I can do I can do this and this and this and this in 20 minutes. Mm. And then when it actually turns out, you know, that was like, go to the gym, make lunch, uh, or reply to five emails. And that's like in a 20 minute period, you're like, you can't, you, you can't, can't do, do that. So I suppose that is like, you'll be able to look back and go like, oh, that's realistically what I could get done. Mm. And then you can like fit that in, in the future. And same with me. I mean, of course. <laughs> to be honest, like it is really hard. And I think that's why that the reflection point, which is probably the, le- the least sexy point is important. And that's why step zero. And then it helps you doing the rest. Because then one, two and three are the three steps that actually are related to the different tasks that you do. So let me explain. One, two and three are simplify, delegate or automate. And the beauty of a lot of these things is then you can do them also for your personal life afterwards. Yeah. So what you will do once you look at all the tasks that you're doing, and again, um, I'm a bit of a OCD, so like there's a bit of color coding maybe for me. There's a bit of like a ranking, just figure out what's going on. But then you can actually start seeing there will be tasks like, again, um, recording a podcast or even writing or, you know, I don't know, auditioning, whatever that might be. These might be in your zone of genius. You will find there are a handful of tasks that are the ones that you really love doing, that you prioritize. And those tasks you don't really want to touch. I call them again in the, the book, The Zone of Genius. But then there's a lot of tasks like emails, accounting, joy. Um, it can be anything, like even people that maybe have a very simple job, you might still have some things like communication elements that you find that are still in there. And you want to understand what is the best next step that I can take for this task to make it easier for myself and to actually reclaim that time. And this is where you get your choice. Can I simplify can I delegate or can I automate this task? And this is where you go through the different tasks that are not in your zone of genius, not the tasks that are the ones that you love, the ones you're passionate about, the ones that you do more naturally and faster. So so zone of genius might be things that you that you definitely have to get done or that you just want to get done. I would add them to the ones that you that you have to get done because have I did when it comes to jobs. It's the like happy tasks on your list, you're like, they're good. Oh, I'm looking like, forward to doing that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like the things that you do because you love them, but also the ones that help you pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> I always recommend to start with work because then once you can do that, then you can tackle your personal life because that yeah. is a whole other kettle of fish as well. And then you go through and you say, can I simplify this? Which usually is, again, in the book, I talk about little tactics as well, but this is right. the simplest thing you can do anyway, like when it comes to simplifying, because it can be anything from grouping, if it can be anything from actually kind of looking at the task and actually breaking it down a bit more. It can be mm-hmm. prioritizing as well. So a lot of the time, simplifying is the easiest job 
but also requires you to actually get through it and understanding how to do that. Delegating and automating are the ones that, you know, you have to figure out a bit more. But to be honest, once you set them up, it's so much easier because you're literally giving it to somebody else or to another tool. So, you know, when it comes to delegating, that could be team members, virtual assistants, hiring somebody, depends on the job that you do. But if somebody around you that can actually take some of these tasks off your off your back. And that's obviously the, the main thing about it. But I would say that's the thing. Like if you can delegate like an area almost of what you do that you really find you're struggling. Like for me, it's been accounting since day one. I have an accountant who I, I love and like, like literally I, I worship. And she helps me because I know that's one of my of my big like, you know, lacks. It's one of the thing, areas that I don't feel comfortable about. So mm-hmm. I would say delegation is a big thing. And again, if you want to go from a personal life perspective to reclaim your time when it comes to obviously personal life that's when maybe involving your family your spouse your partners into some of the things that you do can be really helpful so that's where you really think about delegating in different areas of your life it's a tricky one to get your head around isn't it because I think we're so if you can do something yourself like if you can clean I mean you can technically do everything yourself and then you're like well I'm not paying somebody else to do that for me because inherently in a lot of the delegation or the automation will be a financial, you know, it will probably cost you more to do the thing or if someone else does this thing for you. And then you just, and you think like, no, I'll save that however much money because I can do that. But it's like, but if it cost you, it costs 12 pounds to do, but it co- it took you 24 hours <laughs> straight through to do it. <laughs> that is 50 pence an hour and you would have been better off going to work for an hour you know like if you actually and I think that's a very tricky thing especially you know regardless of where your financial state is if you aren't very numerically minded and you aren't good at being like okay how many hours will this actually take me to do what is my time worth whereas you know what can I pay somebody to do I um I I recently did it because I was trying to do a, a complicated thing in a in a Word document and I didn't have Word and I was like, be damned if I'm going to pay for the Word on Mac. I can do this. And I was like, and I started doing it. I was like, see, this is fine. I can do this by hand. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, and then I eventually like sort of calculated. I was like, this will take me like 60 hours. And then I was like, pay, just pay for it. Just pay. You don't have 60 hours of your life. Let, you know, just, just pay, the, pay the money. Let, let somebody else do this for you. Take that time back. You, you know, go and make that money doing something else that you could do in your zone of genius, whatever. But I think it is so instinctive to be like, nope, I'll do it myself for free, thank you. But I was like, where is that line about like, it's free, sure, it didn't cost you anything, but it cost you your time and your time is sort of all you have. And also as well, I suppose people who are listening who are like, well, I can't, you know, I've been in this situation and I'm often in this situation where it's like, well, I actually can't pay anyone to do anything. And then that's why it's so hard sometimes because you... You, know, you see people being like, yeah, I, you know, I have a cleaner. And you're like, cool. cool, I can't. But I suppose there will be other ways you can delegate. Like you said, flatmate, partner, your sister who lives around the corner. Would you like, and she's kind of got some time in her hands. Would you mind this week helping me out? I think people feel very uncomfortable, especially in this country, asking for help. And I think it's so important that we get more comfortable doing it. Because the worst that happens is they go, oh, I can't. And you go, no worries. That's, you know, that's it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We've got a bit of a, I don't know, a bit more time now, maybe a couple of hours. We've managed to claw back in the day because my, my, my sister's come around and done my laundry, which is great. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking after a child, but, you know, there's like a slightly unfair switch, but that's fine. My problem is that then... I don't know what to do in that time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're still thinking I should, do, okay, I've got it. I've got two hours. I should do the most productive yeah. thing I possibly can do. I'll do more time. work. That's probably why the book has got the carrot and the stick. And you will think, actually, which one do you think is is the carrot? Do you think is that the conversation about mindset is like what drives people in or is the little hacks and tips that drives people in? Oh yeah, I guess like the hacks and tips. That's what people yeah. want. People want to people want to save the time. And if I created a book and I wrote a book that was just about that, people would love the sound of it. But then after two months, they will be probably back to square one because you're like, right. yeah, mm-hmm. what did I do with this book? So the first half of the book is all about understanding what like your values in general that's like a big conversation I know but also what does success mean to you what are you trying to achieve and what goals you have because that is the big part of it whether you say I want to work just two days a week because I'm still a stay-at-home mom but I want to do a side hustle or I want to do a little job or whatever it is and you feel actually by doing that I will be able to work a bit but then spend a lot more time with my children and have fun and whatever that is starting to understand really what your values are and what a successful day is to you. A successful day is a day that I can spend two hours doing coloring books with my kids or whatever that is. Or is a day where I can actually have a full hour of adventure every day out in the woods. I don't know. It's just the little things and rituals that we can build around our day that really kind of can fill our soul. Nobody's going to be like at the end of their days thinking about, oh, I wish I worked more on that spreadsheet like in 1995 that was a great day why didn't I do that you're not gonna think about that you know I say I wish I did that I'd spend more time on my spreadsheet or I spend more time on a word document so the mindset thing is the hardest bit of the work that we have to do and realizing how do we want to live our life once you understand that then you have enough motivation to make a bit more of that time for yourself I talk about uh, being bored in the book and why that's actually such a great thing because once you get used to these things, to actually to play, to be bored, to just like empty your mind a touch, then you'll see that these things will come to you. But we're too busy to even think about it. So it's really like not robbing yourself of your time, which is the most precious thing we have. That's very helpful, especially for me, that it's okay to be bored. Because I think the moment I feel bored, I feel like I failed 
with my downtime. Tell me a bit more about the importance of being bored. Like, why do we need to be bored? Have you ever heard of chronotypes? No. So it's a very like fancy word, and I'm like, what? Mm. It's just a fancy word to explain. Again, now I'm going to say no non-fancy way. So apologies for like, the very basic explanation. But it talks about like how we deal with our circadian rhythms and our energy levels throughout the day. And there's mm-hmm. some incredible books, one from Daniel Pink uh, and one from Michael Browse, which again, I wish I remembered exactly the names of them, but they talk about chronotypes and people will recognize them if I say early bird, night owl, and another few in between, because we know those two, but actually most people are not early birds or night owls. Most people have two energy dips. So what we see from the chronotypes is that we all work at different energy levels. So I'm doing a little wave with my hand, if you can imagine it in your head. And you would imagine that the time that we're most creative, that we're most excited, we have great ideas, is the time that we have our most focused time of the day, right? The peak of the mountain, imagine it, or the wave. It actually is not. What happens is that we have peaks and then we have a little surge, we go down and that's where we are a bit more tired. And then there's a time where we're coming back up. So obviously, like, again, it goes as a wave. The time that we're most creative, the time that we actually, that our creative juices are working the most is the time after that surge. So our bodies naturally like, relax. And then after that, woo, we're going back. And before we get to that peak, because the peak time is where we're most focused, most analyzed, like we're, when we're very analytical then. And this is where you want to do the focused work. But when it comes to having ideas or maybe even wanting to be like, stimulated by reading, by music, it's really that time right after we take the break, which we should. Most people don't when they're getting tired. But if you do, then there's a magic, a magic moment, right? When you're coming back up, where your creativity bursts and when you are more receptive. Basically, if you were to literally rest and let's say be bored, you know, if you were to actually do less, take a break, take a walk, this is one of the reasons. There are a few like reasons and studies about why you have the best ideas in the shower, right? But it always goes back to kind of making that space and allowing that distraction and that time. And just from boredom, you can get, again, great ideas. You can actually get proper rest. You can, it's the time that you are more stimulated to do fun things for yourself. Chronotypes teach us a lot, not just about how we work, but also why we do things in a different way. That's, That's amazing. There's, so um, I was just thinking there about the, the, the idea of rest. Like there's a study, and this came out of the Soviet Union. So, you know, take from it what you wish, but about sort of like improving productivity in workers who I think were like moving iron girders, like... That was the day you moved iron girders from one place to another. Mm, we've and all done it. We've, who among us have not moved an iron girder? And they were sort of working themselves. You know, you'd got you started at 8 a.m., you finished at 8 p.m., and you just like carried on until you were totally exhausted. Various scientists arrived when they like sort of started being interested in studying like rest and what it meant. And they moved half the group and they, they moved the iron girder for 20 minutes. Then you had to stop. Uh, regardless of, you know, what you'd achieved. And then you had to be completely still for 10 minutes and everyone just had to stand there. And initially everyone was like, this is the stupidest experiment I've ever seen. We're all just stood here where we could be moving the girders. And then it's like, start the clock, let's go again. And they, the, the results were like astronomical. It was like, it was hundreds of percent more that you could achieve if you were like forced to stop and to rest and to regroup. Like, And now we go again, rather than just like pushing yourself 
constantly through exhaustion you know that we like the working day is like we go 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 rather than being like we go for a bit i pause and now i'll be at my best again for a bit and now i pause um rather than this sort of like pushing ourselves to burn out every single day idea what are the signs that you are overworking you know we we talk a lot about burnout and i'm just wondering if you knew any of any signs that people can watch out for that they kind of need to stop (laughs) one of the problems or one of the things with burnout or even just that overworking feeling is that in my present differently for different people. Now I've lived with anxiety for 20 years of my life. So I can understand when I'm going to a point where I cannot take things anymore. But so mm. many people actually experience this level of anxiety for the very first time in the last couple of years. One of the problems and one of the things is that when it comes from getting into with your body and starting to trust how you feel, that is going to be very different for everyone. Because again, we all have different experience with like actually our brain trying to tell us to stop. There are a couple of things that you can ask yourself, like pretty much what you were mentioning, Stevie, as well is, can you remember the, fir- the, the, the last time that you took an actual break? Like, you know, mm. like think about the, this, this past week, when did you take a proper break for work that wasn't your lunch? And also your lunch mm. wasn't at the desk. You know, what did you do for that break? I usually, literally what I do, I'll go out and walk in nature at least three times a day, even if it's like 20 minutes. Because Isn't I know- it like, because um, you know, I could say to myself, oh, well, there was that kind of couple of hours yesterday where I didn't really do much. And you're like, yes, but I was thinking about work and being annoyed that I wasn't working. I suppose mm. it's the, the difference between that and being like, I'm having a break now where I'm not allowed to think of anything to do with work. I'm going to look at some birds outside. And I suppose that little subtle thing doesn't feel very different. But actually, when you do it, it feels it makes all the difference. It's like a, the last time you kind of went like, I'm not working at all. <laughs> That is a big sign as well. So I think that there's an element of if you can start recognize some physical signs, especially if you kind of like keep pushing it, that will be a, a great way. And that's that. But the thing for me is that when you get to the point, probably a little bit too late. <laughs> so you want to start understanding how can you kind of set some of the practices. And literally the biggest question that I ask everyone is like, where's the last time you had a break? And what do you do during that break? And when I ask the people the question after a few times, they will be like, no, yeah, I was thinking about work still. So it happens, it's quite mm. natural for us. And I think it's almost one of my favorite tips when it comes to that is just rekindle with hobbies. But hobbies that are real hobbies, not hobbies that you do because it's kind of a hobby, but it's not because you still want to get paid for it. Like, I don't know, podcast, I know that is a big thing, especially for us when you run one. But <laughs> maybe you do a podcast as a hobby. And I'm sometimes I'm questioning these creator things. It still is probably part of your job. So can you actually think about some things that you do just because you want to, not because you're tracking you know, your runs, not because you are like doing it with a purpose, because you're following a training plan. We need to rekindle with spontaneity as well. Mm -hmm. And once we can do that, then it's not just a case of taking the breaks. We actually are taking the break for real when we're doing it. So, you know, go with the body first, but also think about just what is your day looking like? And my last thing that I would say is, uh, do you know when your end of work day time is? That's another big sign of overworking. Like, Mm -hmm. does it change? Is it there? <laughs> Do you check your emails at 10 because you're like, oh God, I forgot to tell X, Y, and Z about this? That is a yes. big one. You know, mm. all of these little things will start giving you a bit of a picture of where you're at right now and what do you need to focus on. Uh, yeah, and also like Gmail hasn't helped anything with that scheduling feature because it just means that I just send emails all the way through the night but schedule them for like cool times the next day. So they aren't on, on the hour, so no one thinks <laughs> so it doesn't them. look like it was scheduled. It yet. Like 8.32 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> well done it. She was up and about. Um, yeah, she's not. Not too early, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, there's so many things that are kind of pulling you in the wrong direction and trying to make you this kind of 
productivity machine, but you're not. And yeah, we need to kind of remind ourselves of that a lot. Yeah, it's so, oh God. <laughs> I, I hope I helped. I feel like you, I give you well, so just, much. It's so massive, isn't it? Because I think the sort of reclaiming the time is in two very distinct things that one is this like, you know, the the simplify, automate, delegate. What am I actually doing? What is it the time I want to reclaim for myself? <clears throat> what can I put in place? How can I simplify it? Business, business, business. But then it's like, okay, then it's the second wave, which is like mentally, how can I reclaim this time for myself because I'm doing the I'm doing the relaxing hobby but I'm thinking about work it's both the boundaries that you set with other people but also the boundaries you have to set for yourself within yourself for yourself, for yourself. <laughs> and that's and I think that's almost like a a harder battle to to win reclaim your time it's in all good bookstores I cannot wait to go and read it and yeah and finally <laughs> reclaim something the kindness that you want to show you to yourself by taking things one step at a time and recognizing when you're sabotaging yourself Mm-hmm. is is going to be the biggest lesson that you're going to learn. It's good to do all the things, but there will be days where you're not going to do exactly what you said, where you're not going to be able to stick to your schedule, where you're going to be thinking about work when you're on a walk. The, hard, the worst thing that we can do is beat ourselves up for it. The world is enough, giving, giving us enough to think about for us to even like beat ourselves up by, by just trying to be better. So mm-hmm. just be a bit kinder to yourself, kids, because it goes a long way. That will be my last thing. That's oh, a great God. way. To, what a lovely way to end it. I will be kind to myself. Thank you so much, Fab. It was like so genuinely excellent and really it's made me me personally feel a lot better about the week ahead because I've been very stressed this week I'm going to start putting those those things in into practice I'm going to absolutely devour the book I can't wait to read it if you're listening go and buy Fab's book how to reclaim your time off by Fab Giovanetti if people want to say hi you can find me everywhere literally everywhere social media manager so that's what I do at uh, Fab Giovanetti which is F-A-B-G-I-O-V-A-N-E-T-T-I come and say hello amazing you can follow us at Nobody Panic Pod um, and I'm at CVM yes it's a five Tessa I'm at Tessa Coates and if you have any suggestions or you want to talk to us about things that you have learned or if you've managed to reclaim your time in an exciting way and you want everyone else to know about it or you simply want to say hello um, it is nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we love thank to, you so much we love fab. to read your emails during the working week f- during the working week, not on the weekend. Not on the we weekend. Go forward th- this week and reclaim. Let's all just reclaim this week, guys, okay? Yeah, thank it belongs you. to you. Get it back. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> thank you so much, Fab. Thank you and so much. And thank you, everyone, listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging. But it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.